Coming up on the Picks and Pans podcast, we're talking about Paramount Plus and the onslaught of streaming content and the unnecessary reboots that are coming with it. I have established an esteemed panel of guests, fellow Detroit film critics, and we are going to discuss in detail, you know, the impact this means for the industry, how many streaming services are people actually going to pay for, and is this the end of cable as we know it? That and more, Picks and Pans with the only critic, coming up. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. The force will be with you, always. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. To infinity and beyond. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on. I'm the king of the world! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Hey! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! My mom always said... Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I feel the need, the need for speed. They call me Mr. Tibbs. An answer. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And welcome back to the Picks and Pans podcast. We have been on a hiatus enjoying everything that 2020 has to offer. And we've got an esteemed panel to bring us back online. I'm your host, Nate Adams, editor slash owner of theonlycritic.com. And this is a conversation show about Paramount Plus and the ensuing streaming wars. Um, as a reminder, if you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out whenever we drop new content. And also as a disclaimer, before we get into the meat and bones of the podcast, I just wanted to reveal that we did have some technical issues with uh my microphone. Um, and so once you start hearing the conversation between myself and the panel, the audio quality is not going to sound the greatest. And I wanted to apologize for that ahead of time. But I also didn't want the conversation and the good stuff that came out of it to get buried and not heard from the world. So we are presenting it to you anyway, in its form. Um, so we just wanted to get that out of the way first. I'm eager and excited for today's topic, last week, Paramount Plus gave a splashy presentation about their forthcoming streaming service set to launch March 4th, which will discontinue CBS All Access. Um, we are living in the age of too much content and rebranding IP. Studios are mining their vaults for old properties because that's what sells these days. Gone is cable, and now we must decide which streaming service is right for us. And joining me for today's panel discussion are Detroit film critic colleagues eager to air their excitement and grievances. Joining me today on the Picks and Pans podcast, Monty Lee Stromer, film critic for Movie Realist. Hello. Perry Seibert, film critic for the Lucy Ann Lance Show and WLBY and co-host of the We're Watching Your Podcast. If you only have one streaming service, make it the Criterion Channel. Chris Williams, freelance film critic, uh, weekly newsletter criticisms, which you can subscribe to in the show notes and co-host of the We're Watching Your Podcast. 
I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to get downstairs and watch uh, War with Grandpa again right after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we have George Elkine, freelance film critic for the Metro Times. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Thanks for having me. So this week, it was announced uh, Paramount Plus is launching on March 4th. It's going to be the new home of CBS All Access. So, uh, Perry, we'll start with you. Paramount Plus, what are your thoughts on the presentation? I personally thought that they were missing something like a buzzy title that would kind of get them launched, like a, like a Quiet Place 2 or a Top Gun Maverick. Is there anything that you saw in the presentation that's like, I got to subscribe to umpteenth services that we already have out there? No, there was nothing in there that made me say day one, I need this in my life, which is not to say I won't one day get around to that. I'm not a Disney Plus subscriber either. Uh, so, I, you know, I, it, no, I, it's it's another corporate announcement. And so now we're going to shift all this content over there. And all those people who wanted a la carte because they hated paying so much for cable now get to. Uh, Chris, are you, a, are, you a, are you a Halo fan? Do you play the game Halo or ever played the game Halo? I have never played the game Halo. Well, guess what? It's debuting on Paramount Plus now. So you have and to I've been waiting it. for that forever. <laughs> um, you that, said that, there were no splashy titles. <laughs> well, it's not launching. It's not day one launch. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Day one launch, you're, you're getting SpongeBob. Um, yeah, call me when they decide to do a TV show of the Parallax View, please. So, uh, yeah, so we got that going on. Um, there's, listen, and th- there's some stock in this. My girlfriend is actually very, very excited about the Fraser reboot that's happening. She's a big, I've never watched Fraser, but she's watched it through twice. And I asked her before we got on the pod, I was like, is this a make or break for you? The Fraser reboot, are you going to subscribe? And she said, yes. So there might, <clears throat> Paranormal is, is tapping into something um, but they've licensed out all of their like older catalog titles to other streaming services, but they're actually launching with, I think, 2,500 plus titles, thanks to their deal with Epix, uh, which is another streaming service, which I didn't include in, in, in my rundown here that we'll get to. Um, but Monty Lee, you're a horror fanatic. They announced that a Paranormal Activity reboot's happening. They're doing a Pet yes. Cemetery film. And I mean, sure. that might be exciting. They're trying to dip their hands in so many vaults, right? But I think the term reboot and correct me if I'm wrong, that term is becoming triggering to me. I hear the term reboot and I twitch because I'm tired of reboots. Is there anything original anymore? That was, that's been my question for a, a while. I mean, even, and even with the, the influx of sequels, it's like they're going to the swell of, of movies that we watched in the late 90s or 2000s or Enough they're, with the they're, they're, re, they're, they're redoing Pet Cemetery, which we just saw. I think it's, is it a sequel or a remake? I don't know. I, I, you know what? I, I glanced at it and I moved on because I was going to tell myself I wasn't going to bash reboots or remakes, even though internally I'm screaming. But we're getting a door to explore live action. I, I, I think it's unnecessary. I think there's a lot of, I can't understand why they're not, if they're going to streaming anyway, I can't understand why you just don't go ahead and take a chance on something new. Why are we why are we remaking? Like, I am not a fan of, I was a fan of Frasier back in the day, but when you go back and you watch those, those episodes of Frasier, it's a little cringy. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot cringy. And I, I can't imagine Frasier having aged any better or becoming more of a self-aware human being, you know, here it is 15, 20 years later. So I'm not super excited about it. Um, there are a lot of these types of 
shows that they're being re- that I didn't necessarily watch. So they're not ringing any bells for me. So it's so it's like where where does your average person go who hasn't seen all of these shows several times because they just happen to be flipping through Netflix and they got tired of flipping through Netflix so they landed on something they've seen ten right. or twelve times. It's it's what we've been doing for the last year. It's, so it's having, that corporate synergy. Corn, yeah. Yeah. So having the corner on the market doesn't make it better. It's just now I think your market it might actually be shrinking at this point because there is nothing new out there. You're going to force it. You're going to force us to go outside. I kind of forgot the properties that Paramount had. We got, we're getting a Reno 911 spinoff. We're getting another inside Amy Schumer's coming back. They're doing Grease, the rise of the pink ladies, which is a prequel to Grease. We're getting um, uh, a new Beavis and Butthead movie. They're doing workaholics. They're really, really, really mining the vault Um, for, for uh, we're getting a Rugrats reboot. iCarly's getting rebooted. Avatar. Um, they're really also going all in on the Taylor, Taylor Sheridan universe. You know, Yellowstone is like the number one show on cable. My parents actually flipped that thing on with like their receiver that's attached to a satellite, which is just barbaric these days. Um, I, but I do want to give a shout out to one original property that does sound intriguing. You know, shout out to Michigan. It's called Mayor of Kingstown, which is going to start Jerry, Jeremy Renner, who will be a power broker in Kingstown, Michigan. Tackling themes of systemic racism, corruption, and inequality, the series provides a stark look at their attempt to bring order and justice to a town that has neither. So Michigan got some love in the announcement. George, where are you on the Paramount Plus train? Are you all in? Are you all aboard? Is there anything that's like, ah, I'm going to subscribe to this? Do you need more? There's just not a part of me that wants to sign up for another of these streaming services when I can barely get the stuff that's disappearing from the things I have. You don't, you don't want I mean, to fatal that. attraction? You're not excited for fatal attraction, the series? <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't think I need a fatal attraction series. Yeah. I don't even know who's in it, but. Um, I don't know either. I don't think no, they do it's either. still Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, believe it or not. <laughs> um, uh, I've looked at it, but I don't. I'd rather not have to pay twelve bucks a month for three months to watch it. It's very fair enough. So, so Chris, I mean, Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead, George. Finish up. Oh yeah, I mean, I've just struck a little bit with the list of titles you kind of rattled off and how not cohesive they seem. I mean, it's a little bit different where with something like HBO, where you really do kind of feel like they have a brand, even though I think it's splintered a bit since the AT&T acquisition, or Disney, you know, everyone knows what that brand kind of means. But I don't think people have that same sense with Paramount. And it doesn't seem like Paramount knows how to position themselves either. Um, So my sense is that they're kind of throwing this broad range of titles at a wall and seeing what people connect with. And they'll probably just follow follow the money or follow the viewing habits in deciding the next steps. Yeah. And they're hoping that they, they come out with enough stuff and a content that's going to keep you lured in for, you know, for a long enough, a long enough period of time. Um, but uh, Paramount Plus, you know, they, they bought uh, Viacom, right? Viacom CBS, which is that corporate synergy, you know, uh, Disney has Marvel, all the different brands. That's what's become about, like you said, AT&T and, you know, Warner media and all that, um, and all that good stuff um but the thing that I'm losing my train of thought i had a thought here um so chris as a, as a parent you have kids you have disney plus 
is there enough here for you to be enticed to subscribe to both Paramount Plus and in, like, is there enough like your kids like Nickelodeon, you know, Fairly Odd Parents? So from a parent perspective, I guess, what does that bring to it? Is it going to break the wallet? Or is there going to be like, they have to beg you to be like, this is what we want to watch, the new SpongeBob Camp Coral series. You know what I mean? They're trying to appeal to everybody. They're trying to get you hooked just enough to maybe you'll subscribe long-term. I don't know why you're assuming SpongeBob would be for my kids and not for me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, here's the weird thing about that. I feel like if they just came out and said, here is a Nickelodeon streaming service, I, yep. I would subscribe to that for my kids in a heartbeat because I would know, okay, as soon as I pull that up, it's all this Nickelodeon stuff. They tend to like Nickelodeon. I tend to not mind watching that. I wouldn't mind if they had like a backlog of Double Dare episodes for me to watch with the kids. Um, but I feel like by just relegating it to one of the tiers on Paramount Plus, I'm kind of like, so I have to subscribe to this service. My kids are going to have to learn how to search through this and find Nickelodeon. I'm going to have to sift through all this stuff that maybe I don't care about, uh, except for Frasier, which I will not stand for the Frasier slander. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm all about getting some tossed salad and scrambled eggs here. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's enough to entice me, honestly, because there's so much other stuff watering it down. If it was like a strict Nickelodeon thing, sure. But I, I don't know. The more kind of holds me back because it's, oh, there's Nickelodeon and then all this other stuff that I don't really know if I'm interested in. So Perry, you're, you're, you, you, you fancy yourself a cinephile as we all like to fancy ourselves cinephiles. Um, oh. You should know this too, um, with their deal, they actually, we talk about, they're actually gonna have 2,500 movies at launch, which is actually more- That's great. Disney only has, I think 900 right now that they cycle through. The most, the biggest is Prime Video. Prime Video has like some 13,000 hits. Yeah. But, Miramax, they have a stake in Miramax. So all of Miramax's films is actually going to be on Paramount Plus day one. That's kind of a big deal. That's a big library. That's very cool. I am, I am very happy to hear that. If they had that and, you know, as Chris was saying, if they dug back and had the entire run, if you can't do that on television, yes, they'd have my money day one. But they don't. <laughs> and the fact is, I'm of a particular age where, guess what? I bought all the Miramax films. I have physical product. I don't need this service. But you're not, well, I'm, listen, I, I like physical media just as much as the next person. That Criterion Flash show that just happened, I was all over it. But I'm saying, though, if something is nice where I don't have to get physical, is it just lazy? Like, I don't have to physically get up and no, put no. the disc in? Yeah. What I'm saying is this is an age difference. I already have them. Oh. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to go buy it. I I have all the Miramax films I want, and if I yes, and this is where this is this is the thing that is the most disquietingly horrifying to me about all of these services. The goal isn't to have you watch anything. The goal is to have you sign up for the service. They don't give a shit if you watch it or not. Right. They well, make more money if you dollars. don't watch it. You say they save on bandwidth. That's like and so That's why all the searches are terrible. <laughs> that's why they figured out how to make you flip for a half hour about what you're going to watch and not actually watch anything. That's what's more disturbing to me about this trend as a whole than anything else. Is this the end of the streaming? Like this is the last big one. I, is there no, there's nothing else on the come up, right? I don't think so. There's nothing waiting in the wings to pop out and be like, Oh, we're here. Um, I think it's, is it universal? No. Yeah. Universal studios, which I guess Peacock kind of, but Sony Columbia Pictures, I think that is the last studio that is, they kind of have a bargaining chip in that they have all their library of content that they can license out and just reap the benefits. 
Um, but I want to I want to run down the list real quick. So of streaming services and how much they cost. And I want to get um, your guys' takes on that. So you have Netflix, $14.99, Prime Video, $8.99, Disney Plus, $7.99, Hulu, $5.99, Apple TV Plus, $4.99, Peacock <laughs> Premium, $4.99, HBO to the Max. $14.99. And then finally, Paramount Plus is coming in here at $9.99 with an ad-supported version later in June. Adds up to about $73. That's about as much as a cable subscription, if I'm not wrong. Is that right, Monty Lee? Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, I, I think my sister had complained about a year ago that her cable bill was it was a little over a hundred, but she's uh, was also getting five hundred channels, you know, four hundred and ninety, you know, four that she wasn't watching. So there, there seems to be in your mind there's like a cost savings because you're not paying for channels that you're not watching. On the other hand, with all of these streaming services, there are only so many hours in the day, and even if you were able to to make a schedule of all the things that you wanted to watch, my Netflix queue is ridiculous. My Hulu queue is ridiculous. Um, I have uh, HBO Max. That queue is ridiculous because I have a day job where I watch, you know, I have a day job and then I have a job that I watch movies. So it's going to come to a point where you're right. It's just going to be about the subscription dollars. They're, they're not going to care whether or not you watch it as long as you're signed up. I had CBS access for a year before I realized that I was paying for it because I signed up for like a seven day trial and then boop, forgot about it. And that's sort of what they're counting on because if you don't mind losing 15 bucks a month and, and for some people, they may not mind it. It may become a little, um, a little more uh, tighter for people that are being more money conscious going forward when they start dropping off all these various services. But if you don't mind losing $6 here, Apple TV is like four ninety nine. They've been giving me a credit because I haven't been watching it. They're like, well, we're going to give you your money. Well, back. Please I, watch I think, something. I think too, Monty Lee and everybody, I think that Apple and Amazon have the right idea, whereas they are just extensions of their brand because you're going to Amazon, you're purchasing whatever you need. Apple, you have their phone and you have their TV or Apple TV. Like they're just, they're part of their ecosystem. It's not make or break. If, right. if they're not successful, they don't care if Apple TV Plus makes money. It doesn't matter because they're hoping that there's just enough there to keep you interested enough. But they're Apple. They have billions of dollars. Amazon, billions of dollars. Um, it's a numbers actually, game. Yeah, and I think for me, for Ted, Lasso, Ted Lasso's enough. I'll keep Apple TV forever if they have, continue playing out hits like Ted Lasso. Um, See, and oh, uh, Ted Lasso is one of the ones I think about when we talk about, oh, they're just all turning to IP, that's an automatic disaster. Uh, Ted Lasso is a show that is based on a character from an NBC sports commercial. And it was suddenly my favorite show of last year. I love Ted Lasso. Yeah, and Ted Lasso I'm not, great. I, I don't think when they're announcing, hey, we're going to do this based on this property, like I wish there was more original stuff, but I'm not going to dismiss it out hand and say, oh, this is just familiar property. As soon as this is done, after I watch War with Grandpa, I'm heading downstairs to watch WandaVision, uh, which is based on a property. So, uh, you know, I, I arguably think- Apple TV, Apple TV has been the one streamer that's been actually pumping out original content. They really don't have any franchises. They're making their own. And yeah. Apple TV didn't start with this large, splashy thing that said, guess what? We're giving you the world. We're going to bring in. They were overwhelming. They were just like, we got the morning show. <laughs> they were five things. They have the morning show, which I honestly, I, like. I, like. I have just gotten around to watching the morning show. And I, I'm not going to say it's good, but I'm going to say it's very watchable. Um, but 
they they just kind of consistently started pumping stuff out and they found stuff that sticks. Ted Lasso, there's some really good documentaries on there. The um, Servant. Yeah, there, there's good stuff on there, but it, they're not forcing it in your face. Um, whereas, you know, I think everyone else is trying to follow that Disney lead, which is look at all the cool stuff we have. And it's, no one's going to catch Disney. Exactly. And, you know, this goes back to what George was saying too. What is Paramount's brand? When I think of Paramount, I think of great movies. I, you know, I, they also did Transformers. But, uh, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I think of Paramount, I think of movies. And it's very weird to me that, like you said, they're going to have 2,500 movies available when they launch. That has not been a huge part of their push, though. And we don't know what they are. We don't know what the films are. And I'm sure rights ideas are really crazy and things like that. But, man, I would have been more excited if they said, hey, Paramount Plus, guess what? You're going to have all the Mission Impossible movies here. You're going to have all the Godfather movies. Honestly, surprised they didn't announce the Mission Impossible series. That would make the most sense to me out of anything. I'm surprised that that was – I for sure thought that that was coming. Um, I'm sure they begged Tom. Yeah, they begged Tom said no. Um, (laughs) George, they got you, Runner back to do something totally different, and the door yeah. was right there. Um, George, you're going to be able to keep up with all the content. Are you going to try and watch as many Paramount Plus TV shows as you possibly can? <laughs> you know, I don't. I, I personally, I really can't even keep up with TV now, just precisely for the reason of how long everything is, and how much of it there is, and that I, I just don't like the mode of production as much for you know, barring some stuff like Twin Peaks as I do for movies. But I think most people aren't like that. Most people feel the exact opposite. And they like they like the things about, you know, they like certain qualities of TV where it's a little bit easier to watch passively or, um, or you don't have to choose the next thing to watch between episodes, you know? So, I mean, I think for a lot of people that's appealing and maybe adapting these existing properties they have is enough of a hook to kind of reduce that decision fatigue effect of, um, you know, like we were talking about where the, you're just searching and searching on streaming services. But for me, no, I mean, I, there's just no way I'll be doing that. I, I think too, and then we're kind of, uh, we're, this is one thing too that I, that I want to toss in here too, Perry, we can, I don't know. Um, the big thing I, I actually did take away from Paramount Plus, aside from, you know, their, um, their you know, the library of content, right? But they're going to have sports which I actually think is a big deal because soccer is huge and they're going to carry like all these major soccer games. They're going to be like the exclusive home of some soccer league. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I know a lot of people are. Um, and football, they're going to have NFL football games, which I don't think any other streaming service has that. I don't think Hulu, Disney, I don't think they had football games live. Amazon. TV. Amazon, Amazon did. Yep. Um, real, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think they do, but that, that's got to be big, right? That, that you think that that, might be enough to where it's like, oh, I can't find this game or local stations even, right? And they're going to have news, um, the rebranding 60 Minutes. Criminal Minds is a massive show. Um, they, they're projecting 64 to 95 million subs by 2024. Do you think that's going to happen, Perry? Oh, I have no idea. Do, do I think it's unreasonable? No. Yeah, I, yeah everything you said is, is appealing. You're right. The sports is, absolutely sets them apart. I don't know why people subscribe. I, 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 I am at a loss. I don't know what makes anybody else other than me subscribe to a service. <laughs> I don't understand what makes you decide that you can give up that $10, $15 a month. 
Uh, you know, it's and Tom it's, and Jerry. And it's Tom and Jerry me. releasing day and date on HBO Max. <laughs> That's what it is. And for, for me, honestly, for HBO Max, it was, and I was interested at the beginning and it was, it was truly, I needed it on my, I needed it on a Roku. I'm, there's no other way I'm going to watch it on my television. That's the way I operate. But it was, uh, you know, for HBO Max for me, it was the Soderbergh film. It was, it was, it was the Soderbergh Meryl Streep film. I was like, okay, yes, finally, something I would pay to see in a theater. So I will pay you what I would pay to see in a theater to have this for a month. Turns out I really like it. I've been watching it a lot. So I've been holding on to it. So that's it, right? That's the, that is the name of the game. You get people exactly. like my, my girlfriend who loves Frasier. They're going to sign up to watch Frasier and then they're going to stick around because like, oh, there's a lot here. I actually like it. I'm going to keep it. Monty, like you said, you went a whole year. You were paying for it. You didn't even know. It's like, it's just nice that, you know, you have it if you want it. Like I'm the kind of person where I don't want to be told what I can and can't watch. I want to have access to everything. Yeah, um, it's a little irritating when you go searching for something and it's not a service that you don't have. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I tuned in, or rather, I picked up CBS Access because I wanted to watch The Twilight Zone. I wanted to watch the reboot of The Twilight Zone. Which got canceled. Uh, Not going which, to Paramount Which Club. got canceled, which is, which, which honestly, if you watch it, it's not I thought it was I thought it was okay. And I agree. It I have just, to sign up to watch Twilight yeah, Zone. Yeah, it, it was just okay. I, there was Discovery uh, and then Twilight Zone and then and a few other things that I went ahead and hopped on board for. And I was unimpressed with Twilight, with, uh, Twilight Zone. It's, it's too long. It's an hour-long format. It's too long. Um, and then I, and then I just, I forgot about it because I have other things to watch. Um, but I'm happy now that I, that I hung on to it. There's some, there is some stuff on that. We got to watch Picard when Picard dropped. Um, that was a fun watch, but there's not, I mean, I guess they're throwing out all the big names like Frasier and Criminal Minds because those were really big on CBS. Those were huge. And, and they're hoping to, to snag those you know, that small, small that subset of, of, of the audience that is like, well, sure, we'll, we'll go ahead and, <laughs> like I said, we'll, we'll go ahead because the alternative is going back outside. So we'll go ahead and we'll watch Criminal Minds again and we'll go ahead and we'll watch all these other services. I mean, when I think about Paramount, I think about Star Trek because I know Star Trek is owned by Paramount and all, of, all of, the, of the Star Trek. So it's like, yeah, I guess it's someplace if you wanted to sit down and watch a marathon of movies that you're only sort of going to half like that and that's going to be perfect for you George, is it too oh, oh, go ahead. sorry no go ahead. Uh, is it is it too early to ask them to reboot the stand because that is yes. why oh no 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 I, it's uh, not too early no let's go ahead and make it happen that's why i subscribe to cbs all access i got two episodes into that and was like wow i gave up i gave up you have i, I could i could have told you six months ago when they started announcing the cast that it was not going to be worth it and i still have not watched minute one of the reboot i will go back and pull out my dvd my double-sided dvd and i will blow four and a half hours re-watching that before i watch um, the cbs version what's yeah. the magic number of, of subscription service somebody to subscribe to like what does everybody hear how many do you have i i honestly like i i actually Peacock's free. I don't know if you can qualify that, but I'm going down the list. Peacock, Peacock are the ones I listed and Paramount Plus are the only ones I actually don't have. I subscribe to everything else, but I'm also a sucker for content. Um, but a lot of these bundle, right? Apple TV, I think I get free for a year because I got a phone. Um, Amazon comes with the prime shipping. It's an extension. Um, Hulu comes with my sprint bill or something, but you know, George, Chris, like, what do you guys have? What's the total amount? Because you, you know, What's the magic number three? I heard three is usually what most people will max out. I have all of them, but epics. Epics. I I, I don't have epics, but I and I don't don't have. have, Wait, are you telling me you don't have Discovery Plus? (laughs) 
I'm as shocked as anyone else. It's a but plus. No, no. It's a plus. It's a, I don't, I, I don't have stars. I don't have epics. I have Amazon because I've, I've had Amazon prime for what, 10, 10 years now. Um, so I pay like 99 bucks a year for it. Um, I pay for Hulu plus I've had Netflix since the beginning. Um, when they started moving into the streaming service, um, I pay for the extra Hulu plus, so I don't have the ads and I get all the entire movie catalog. I have CBS and I have Apple, I have HBO Max. So I, I think I have just about all of them. And, I, and so I'm probably an outlier. No cable, huh? You're done with no cable? <laughs> I haven't had cable in 20 years. <laughs> no direct TV? Yeah, okay. Nope. What about, you? what about you, George? How many do you have? I'm trying to think about it. I, I, I'm a little, the ones that I shell out money for are Criterion Channel, movie and amazon prime right now that said i do think i am on some like family subscription ones for other stuff like netflix and hulu does any yeah. um, family that's subscription that's okay. the real poll who pays for their netflix subscription that's the real poll <laughs> right that's what i was gonna say is like I, I think it's hard to have this conversation without asking how many of them are you kind of paying for out of pocket yourselves and i think these companies are surely budgeting in this kind of effect obviously sure. you can have different profiles on a lot of these services so like you know when you factor that in you know how many having access and paying for it are like these two different kind of financial factors for these companies so i guess they get ad revenue or data or whatever from even you know mm -hmm. users who aren't paying oh well, i have shutter but, i forgot oh, i have shutter i forgot about shutter yeah there's so many we can't even keep up chris how many do you have uh, I was putting my list together as you were talking, and I think I have nine. I have Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Disney, Apple, Disney, Amazon, CBS, uh, and Criterion. And how much is I'm, Criterion? It is it is ninety. It's a hundred dollars for a year, or uh, I think it's nine ninety nine a month. I think I need to subscribe. Actually, I got to add Criterion to my list. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you should. Uh, it, um, it's crazy too because we have these and i'm looking at this list now going do i watch anything on hulu do i you know it, i watch I the bachelor watch we watch the bachelor every you know the live day next day tv is nice you know <laughs> solar yeah, opposite that's, yeah that's, that's why, why i keep hulu because you're still getting that tv feel with hulu because it has next day programming it's like it's like a dvr almost hulu that's the branding's well it's under the disney umbrella now so they can kind of funnel which i actually thought man people are actually going to see nomadland because it's actually on a streaming service that people have whereas you're seeing like barb and star go to vista del mar and uh, uh promising young woman news of the world like 20 bucks for a premium video on demand rental it's kind of that's a whole other conversation um but there's there's actually been a lot of confusion with that about where people can find things like did, did people know that saint Maud has been available on epics for the last week i don't no. Yes, because I don't have it. Yes, because I, I don't have epics. That's how I know. Right. But there's a lot of brand. We talk about brand confusion. Like who owns what library? Like, um, you know, originally Halo was going to be on Showtime. It was going to Showtime. But then Halo actually didn't make sense for Showtime. Showtime doesn't have that kind of like that big action for me anyway. So that corporate synergy where it's like now they can be like, oh, we're going to move it over to Paramount Plus. Disney can develop things and then can go, oh, this is too adult. We can push it to Hulu. Um, you know, so basically, what, like TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as we're wrapping up here, does anybody have any, um, you know, what is it going to take, you know, last minute thoughts, where we're going as far as like, you know, we didn't even talk about that, the window where they said 45 days after they're in theaters, they're going to start dropping them on Paramount Plus. Um, I know uh, Chris and George specifically are excited for the Paw Patrol movie that will be on Paramount Plus 30 days after theaters. Um, that's a big deal, right? Paw Patrol? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, it, it, it's the sequel to Pet Cemetery, right? But... <laughs> <laughs> the prequel. You no, know, it's. I I do. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that um, they're not following that HBO Max uh, lead of saying, hey, day and date, you're going to see Maverick on Paramount Plus. Um, but that window is still shrinking. And that's that's notable. Um, well, and they know, sold I, off Coming to America. The sequel is coming on Amazon Prime. And I was reading an interview with the CEO and he was saying that Paramount Plus wasn't ready to make that deal yet. Like he was talking, it's like, didn't you make this movie? But they... Amazon offered 125 million for it, but it's just, it was interesting to hear that. It's like, but you made this movie, but you couldn't bring it to your streaming service. It's because yep. they have to. There's all these back end deals, and I thought that was so fascinating. And we talked about Yellowstone being like the number one show on cable. They actually sold the air rights. It's on Peacock, so now they're like, oh, we don't have a flagship series. We have to build a, a Yellowstone universe prequels and sequels, but we don't have the one missing component. Right? Is that's not. That will never happen again. Well, and correct me if I'm mistaken, but didn't the Paramount Plus commercial feature South Park, which is all streaming on HBO Max? Because it's Comedy Central, TNT. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's crazy, which is probably why that movie library can't be confirmed right now, because there's so many different different movies that are their their rights are with different streamers I, I and think i of, see these movies bounce around all the time like dark knight batman begins like all those they like leave netflix and then they go on hulu and you'll see them on hbo max and then i just got the thing again that they're hopping back on netflix again these rights mm-hmm. we should do a podcast just on streaming rights and oh my god harry, harry potter owned by warner media but it's on peacock because they sold the the, the streaming rights back it's in universal? 20 yeah it's so they're theme parks Yep. HBO Max used that as a huge point that with the week they opened was, hey, we got all the Harry Potter movies. A month later, my wife goes to watch them with the kids. They're all gone. She, I'm like, they're on Peacock. And she's but like, they're, but they're the free, hell, though. You can the watch them Peacock. Yeah. yeah, but then a month later, they were gone from Peacock. <laughs> and now they're back <laughs> on, but. I can't keep up. Um, any, um, I guess I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. Like, are you, what is it? Long run, do you think you're going to end up being a subscriber to Paramount Plus? Perry, we can start with you. I truly don't know. I I am old school. I still have cable uh, for a variety of reasons. So, you know, the only streams that I am paying for as not part of my cable package are Criterion, Netflix. And at this point, I could let Netflix go. I have Netflix because my daughters and my wife watch it way more than I do. I, there's so little on Netflix that interests me at this point. Uh, You're not a Bridgerton fan? Come on, Perry. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, you know, and now that Apple Plus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finally have to break down and pay for Apple Plus when the Scorsese film finally shows up there. And that's... Well, it's going to come to theaters the, first, though. Like, it's not I would just, hope. just for streaming. We'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I don't trust yeah. anything at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, do is it an automatic for me? No. 
could they make themselves so appealing to me that I would pay $10? That's a nicer price point than 15. Yeah. Well, and they're going to have an ad supported version for 4.99 in June. But that's Yeah, ads. I'm not going to watch ads. ads in my movies. Yeah. No, I get you. <laughs> Monty Lee? Um, well, I already have it. Like I said, I've, I've had CBS right. for a year and then it's going to move in to Paramount. So I'm just going to hang on you're gonna, to it. You're going to keep it. Yeah. They got the, the yeah, I'm going to keep it. I, I might as well. I want to, I want to keep my little collection, my little, my little cadre of, uh, of streaming services together. And, and they're all going to be the plus variety. Cause I can't, you know, I, I'm the reason that, that companies are folding because I refuse to watch commercials. Um, and I, I, but I do see they're reaching a saturation point with folks. Um, where I think all of these larger companies like Paramount, like uh, HBO, are going to start buying up your Hulus, are going to start buying up these smaller services, and then you're going to end up with like your big three once again. I think so, NFL rights, NFL rights are going to be a big thing. I think, and yeah. I would not be surprised if football games completely go off cable and they get sold exclusively to a streaming service in the future, yep. and then all yep. bets are off. And, yeah. and, and, and that's going to, and some people are going to rejoice it and some people are going to be mad, but you know what, it's, it's, again, it's about the numbers. It's not about how much you pay. It's about the subscriber numbers. And when they reach a certain point, they're going to get absorbed by a bigger company. Go ahead, You're Barry. also discounting the fact that if that happens, it's very well could be a streaming service that the NFL owns and it's their own streaming service. Don't, don't discount that. ESPN <laughs> plus. Yeah. George, no, not ESPN. <laughs> the NFL will own their own streaming service. Believe me, they could. They could. George, Paramount Plus, yes or no? You got to wait? Uh, for me, I think it's unlikely. And I, I would say the main thing that would draw me is the back catalog. But the back catalog, honestly, most of that stuff is at my public library, where I regularly get <laughs> yeah. movies. Wait, there are books? So <laughs> I found... I mean, I'm not like riding a horse over to it, but you know, I re I really do depend heavily on my library for all kinds of stuff, and I I think they've got most of it. So I just I don't know why I'd shell out fifteen a month for it, or I guess the five dollar one. I could maybe be convinced, but they'd have to have something good and new or hard to access that I don't already have access to, and there's just not enough info about what they're showing. Chris, take us home. What are your final thoughts here as we round as we end the end the pod? You know, I uh, I'm already subscribing for CBS All Access, and I'm extremely lazy. Uh, so, so I, there's you're exactly who they want. You are exactly <laughs> you um, line and sinker. I think more realistically, if I if I end up acting like a grown up, we well, got kids, um, Rugrats, and the Nickelodeon stuff is appealing. Your kids will like that. They don't have to know this exists, but <laughs> um, you know, we have HBO Max, we have Disney, but I don't know, I. I have a feeling I'll treat it like I did with um, Apple TV plus, which is I subscribed. I looked around, said, this is it unsubscribed. And then I didn't really pay much more attention to it until Ted Lasso started getting some buzz. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll give that a whirl. And then I went back and saw, okay, well now Apple plus is kind of worth my money. So I probably will stay away right now. I mean, Quibi burnt me too long, you know, not too long ago. You had uh, Quibi? You were I a had, Quibi subscriber? I had Quibi. I had Quibi. Um, it was free when I had it. I didn't pay for it. Oh, 90 days. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, I, I'll pay attention to what's on there. And if 
if it looks like, okay, they're getting a good library and some of these shows are worth my time, I'll probably get to the point where I'm like, okay, fall is the season where I subscribe to Paramount Plus and Apple. And then I'll unsubscribe and subscribe to HBO Max for a bit. I I don't know. I I have a feeling there's going to just be clever timing coming around. All right, everybody. Thanks again. That's all we have for today. Uh, Appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with the audio issues. Uh, We don't know what happened in the recording, but um, we appreciate you sticking around. Anyway, that's all we've got for today. Wanted to quickly shout out that the Detroit Film Critics Society will be announcing their annual awards next week via Twitter. So please go follow them so you can stay up to date on all their nominations and their awards. Uh, Everyone's Twitter handles in the podcast uh, and such can be found in the show notes. I'm Nate Adams, and as a reminder, you can get all my reviews at theonlycritic.com. We will see you later, everybody.